You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the point Amy76, bringing us in episode number 146 of Straight to the Point My name is Chris, here are my guys what up, what up, what up, what up? And it's a great day, a glorious day, whenever we can celebrate the downfall of Boston sports. So we'll talk about the Celtics failing at home in Game 7. But more importantly, we'll talk about how the Heat ended up here in the finals. We'll talk about the Nuggets on the other side as the Western Conference champions and preview the finals and make our predictions as to what we think will happen. We'll talk about new coaching hires for the Bucks and the Sixers and what impacts they may have in the East. We'll also talk about some NFL news. Your boy Tom Brady, his name percolating around the Raiders quarterback position. Maybe Brady is back for his 1,000th season as an NFL quarterback. And we'll talk about DeAndre Hopkins and what teams could, you know, use his services and utilize a top-flight wide receiver in this next coming season. But, Jared, let's talk about Miami, Boston, Game 7, the series as a whole, what you saw not only from Boston coming up short, but Miami coming up strong and and making a push as an 8 seed to the NBA final stage. Yeah, Miami's doing unprecedented things. They're playing at a fantastic rate. I don't know how Jimmy Butler's ankle is going to be held up in this playoff, in this finals run, or in this finals period, but he has played phenomenal 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 basketball you look at this team the guys that have stepped up have all been undrafted guys max drews gabe vincent caleb martin like duncan robinson these are guys that have really showcased their talents duncan who barely played this season but has stepped up into this limelight and now he's kind of brought them back and the, the resurgence of his shooting and mm-hmm. his playmaking ability where now Struess has kind of seen the backseat a little bit more again spolster Fantastic coach. Knows how to really run the lineups. And pushing, and pushing the right buttons. Like, let's talk yeah. about, you know, you talked about Duncan Robinson not getting a lot of run this year. He had, he had been out of the rotation. And now when it matters most, he's in the rotation taking up spots. Like I said, when Hero went down, this was his opportunity to kind of make his way back into the fold. And now he's here. And now you have the possibility of Hero coming back. You have the possibility of, of another deep shooter, a, a threat that Miami can mix and match and utilize going forward. Yeah, um, Hero, I don't I don't really know much more on the Hero thing. Like, again, hand injuries. We just saw Brogdon try and come back. It didn't work out. I don't know if Hero's really going to be there either. Like, hey, again, you use this as scapegoats, decoys for them to try and over-prepare for a player yeah. that's probably not going to be there. But I mean, but I, you never know. I mean, the thing about a hand injury. He gets buckets. Then he, he, can pl- he can do it. The difference between like his injury and like Brogdon's is like Brogdon's was kind of still fresh and he still had to play through it. Hero yeah. hasn't played in what a month? Yeah, because he broke the two fingers. So like, again, it, he broke two fingers in the in the first round. Yeah, so, so again, you got a fair shot of coming back and playing. It it really just depends on how the the games are going to go as well. Like if they're up potentially, I don't see it. I don't know, but let's say they're up two one. 
big ask to bring him back, knowing that you kind of got a cohesive unit going on. You figure out what you're going. If you're down, yeah, I don't think you got to go out there and play in 40 minutes off the bat. You know, it's not like, but it's not like he has like a knee, a leg. It was you know, a hand play, injury, play, you know, it's it's a hand, but it's a shooting hand. So that's like that's my only which is, injury. Which is true, which is true. And and you but you can mix and match and you can get creative. Even yeah, if you're a hero, like I don't think he, he's forgotten how to hero. shoot, you know. Nah, I mean I shooting hand injuries is a little different. You don't forget to shoot, but it ain't gonna see it ain't gonna go I anywhere. Mean, you I mean that 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 touch if you can get that touch right. Because again, we don't. I don't. I don't really know. Like again, it's the fingers. He didn't like break the hand. He just broke a couple fingers on the hand. So again, he could probably come back and just do his thing. Like he, it wasn't any missed time, and it just shows what they all done. Like Caleb Martin has been the unsung hero for this team, not named Jimmy Butler. Who I believe a lot of people. Have, there's been this debate saying did Jimmy Butler deserve the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, which now is an award. But yeah, I think Jimmy still deserved it. Caleb Martin should have got the awards right with him. Like they both played fantastic game. That 3-0 run was sparked a lot of by Jimmy Butler, and then the downfall came from the Celtics starting to make their return back three down three nothing. They made that three. They made a three straight game win streak. And again, there's a little bit of off putting how they won Game Six, but it still was fan. That might have been the most fantastic basketball we've seen in the playoffs so far. Was that Game Six where Derek White, the inbounder hit the game winner, getting the inbound tip in. It was just a fantastic game. But Caleb Martin, I don't think he scored less than 15 points this game too. No, he and he's been hooping, and he's he's come alive. Like you mentioned, those guys like Vincent, Struess, Martin, like those unsung heroes that guys weren't talking about, that guys weren't worried about. Now that you have this ability to kind of mix and match and, and put guys in, Caleb Martin's taking the opportunities he's gotten and run with it, you know, like, Jimmy's Jimmy's come down. I think Jimmy won MVP off a of name. No, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Let's Martin. Without Jimmy, they weren't winning those. Any of okay, and that's and that's fair. That's fair. But Martin's stats were better. Martin, 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 Martin's contributions cannot go unnoticed. No, but I think and you can argue and it's. It's, it's arguable. I'm not going to argue. No, but I, this is one of the instances where, where they made the mistake of giving Iguodala the MVP when it should have been. Stiff. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's neither here nor there. That that's that's again. that's dumb. But just because you make a decision that was, I mean, I mean, on the one on the one hand, though, I, I can understand. It was tied. It was it was close. I think if it's, I mean, if it's close, you give it to the guy with more name. Unless, I mean, you don't give it to the the, the lesser named guy. Unless he really completely outplayed the other guys, you know what I'm saying? And I think that a lot of times, I think a lot of the Jimmy MVP Jimmy for the at least for the Eastern Conference Finals was on reputation. It, I mean, Jimmy kind of flamed out a little bit in a couple of games. He had some bad shooting nights. Yeah, no, um, he, but but without five, but crazy. without their without his leadership, without his mentality, that team that team probably is is, is nothing. Yeah, no, so. Bam's horrible. I, I I hate to put it out there even more because I don't like. Bashing. You can't can't even call him. You can't can't even call him Bam. Can't but, call him. Like, got to give him his government name, Jared. Oh, Adebayo. Got it. No, no, no. You gotta call him Idris. Idris, Idris. man. Dude, dude's been like, it's again. The reason you we talked about the role players for the Heat is because if you look at these games in totality, not just the Buck series, not even just the Celtics or the Knicks. Or, all the series combined, Idris has been 
bafflingly, shockingly mid. Formerly known as Bam. He's been mid. Like it's it's been you've been waxed and held and handholded and handicapped by Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez, and then when Giannis came back, he was still giving you the cleanse, but you had that one triple-double game, 20-point triple-double, and it helped you guys carry the win, but the momentum was on your guys' side. Jimmy was playing phenomenally. Team team was just playing on all cylinders. You go to the Knicks series, you're getting just manhandled abused by Mitch Robinson and Julius Randle, where there were games where you couldn't even get five rebounds. You could barely score 12 points. And then you go to this Boston series where, again, you're going up against formidable bigs again. Al Horford, Robert Williams. Tatum's out rebounding you almost every game. You got these are the games where he's just it's. I think it's just his, that the way his offense is predicated is on that clunky little push shot he does. Yeah, it's real. It's real clunky. It's not. Smooth. And it's just not. You know. Now here's it's, it's, it's like he trying to be. A, I'm sorry, but I mean it's like he yeah. wants to be a guard that shoots floaters, but he too damn big to be trying to do those. Now let so me now let me now let me mention this right because I, I I get what you're saying, but he has these flashes of like. He takes this jump shot and it's like, yo, that jump shot, real, it looked real brick and it'd be all swish. It'd be all net. They'd be like, hold up. But then he tried to do it again and then he missed that jump by like 15 feet. So it's not a consistent jumper. It's not a consistent fluid motion, but it's effective. The problem is you can't you can't have a 6'3 guy on you and you pushing six uh six eleven, seven feet tall, and you're not just going over the top of them. Why are, why are you going to your back shoulder and fading away from the basket? That's the kind of thing I need. I think needs to be cleaned up. But that's who that's who uh, Adebayo is. Like that's who he is. And he, you they the need, name of the defenders on him too. Like guys like Derek White and Smart shouldn't be locking you exactly. up. Exactly. And the problem and the problem is Miami needs to be able to take advantage of. I mean, they took advantage of it. They did with Caleb Martin and other people. But like Adebayo should have ate. Like if you yeah. got if you right. have a, a sick Robert Williams. Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and Derek White on you, Bam should be putting up Wilt Chamberlain numbers against them guys. Man, I, mean, I don't even need all that. Just get you should be averaging in that series 18 to 20. He gave what 12 and a half and eight, I believe. If it wasn't for Martin averaging almost 17 a game and you know Jimmy Bell averaging 24 a night, it'd have been a very different series. Again, they came back three, the Suns came back three nothing. Valiant effort. They played great basketball those three games. Right. Game seven, they looked like the team that we knew that they were, which is one, Tatum got hurt play number one 20, of the game. 20 11, seconds in the game. Yeah, like oh, it was like 11 40. He's hurt. You, your momentum's gone. Doesn't matter what you, and then you don't even, you can't even not kill the momentum because you guys then go 0 for 10 from the three in the first quarter. This issue with the Celtics isn't the fact that Tatum got hurt as much, it's the fact that you have a bunch of guys that are the same player. The same guy. There's a bunch of Jalen Browns and Tatum's on the Boston Celtics. They just have different heights. They're just different heights. Are you saying that they have a team full of chuckers? I yeah, yeah, they take a lot of they, chuckers. They, like, they they chuckers. They are you know, chuckers. Besides Tatum being a legitimate three slash four, you got a team comprised of a bunch of two guards that can't. Besides Brogdon, who does have a handle, that don't really facilitate all that great and can't shoot the ball. Marcus Smart. Good defender. We've said this for years now. Streaky shooter. Can't dribble to save his life. He can't facilitate really. I have a question. I have a question. Why in the most important shots of their season, even going back to when they played the Sixers, 
Who's taking these shots? I said it last week. It's Marcus Smart. Why is Marcus Smart taking these shots? There's something we don't know within this organization that everybody keeps saying that is the he, leaders are. Is he the guy? Is he the guy? We, you hear that they're saying the leaders are Tatum and Brown, right? Like Tatum is a quiet leader, but Brown is the, the scorer that wants to be a leader. No. A lot of people are talking about, but what if we don't know that, but Marcus Smart believes that he is the leader of this team. It might not be that he thinks he's the most talented player on the team, but he believes he is a leader of this team. He believes that he deserves these final shots because, one, the, the actions are always going to be where he's going to get open. They're going to play Tatum and Brown harder than him. So he's probably telling them, no, I'm going to get the these thing. shots. Here's the thing we, we've known about organized team sports since the beginning of time. When you need one play, one shot, one whatever to win a game, save a series, do whatever – your best player, your most effective player is going to be the one taking that shot yep. or making that pitch or swinging the swinging the bat or whatever, right? Tatum doesn't take that last second shot all the time. Brown doesn't take that last second shot hardly ever. Marcus Smart is the one taking that shot every time. Every time. It's, it's got defenses too. Defense schemes by other teams are trying maybe forcing the ball out of Tatum and Brown's hands. But, if again... This is one of the issues that I have. I have with Tatum. I had it last year with Tatum. I still have it with Brown because Jalen Brown sees the ball in the first quarter, disappears the third and fourth. Tatum turns it up at any time at the points of the game. Mid-range shooter. If the mid-range not following, he's not really doing much else. But you talk about Jason Tatum's game. And when it comes to these final shots, it comes to his idolization of Kobe Bryant. He wants to be the next Kobe, texting Kobe Bryant, saying, oh, whatever, whatever. You can't pinpoint this or create this storyline, and you're just not portraying the image that you have that killer mentality. Because I haven't seen it. Again, there's a lot of excuses coming our way about the game would have been different if Tatum didn't get the ankle injury. Yeah, that's, it would have been. But if Kobe got an ankle injury, he'd have still gave you 30 on the bum ankle. Because at the end of the day, that's just the kind of guy he was. He wasn't going to be playing as no decoy. He was going to go get you 30, and then now we're going to see what's, what's going on. The, the ankle injury would have came about at the end of the game. And yeah, I, Tatum had went through something very hard with that ankle injury. Like, very hard. The halftime made it worse. Because now the ankle probably swelled up, right? You, you had the adrenaline going, tighten your shoe up the first half. He didn't really sit much because you could. The halftime comes. Those 15 minutes, he came out worse the second half because of the fact that the ankle swelled up very bad. The pain was probably immense. Then, I don't know if they uh, shot him up or anything, but it didn't really matter at that point. The foot was basically done. It was it was screaming, I'm tired. But the, he capitalized on all that. They did what the Knicks didn't do. That was, was it game two or game one of the next Heat series when Jimmy rolled his ankle for the yeah. second time of this playoff stretch. Yeah. So it's, it goes to show you, like, again, Missoula was outcoached. He had very great moments. Missoula's going to stick that the head coach for the Celtics. I think mm. he's going to improve with a full offseason. Yeah. Joe Brown probably should get the Supermax. Stays or goes. Brown gets Supermax. Celtics need to figure out what they're going to do in the point guard spot. What, sure. what, do you, what do you think is going to end up happening? Because if I, th- I think if they give him the – if they give Jalen Brown a Supermax and they keep him. If they keep if they if they try to keep both of them, they're not going to be able to they're not going to be able to to feel anything around them, and they're just going to have unless they just have plan on having guys around them on the veteran minimum, they're not going to have the money to keep both those guys. So now, I think I think by I think almost they're back into a corner where the the decision is being made for them that they have to kind of split this up, mm-hmm. right? So now. We've talked about this, you know, like potential landing spots for Jalen Brown. I think we had the same kind of teams in mind. 
where do you see Boston going from here? Because I don't, I mean, they've already, they've made it to a finals. They made a finals appearance with Brown and Tatum. But Brown and Tatum have been together for what, six years now? Brown's been in the league almost, yeah. Well, it's been about six, seven about years. Six. Tatum came in like a year after. 2017. Yep. And it's like, tw- it's so it's about six, seven years now. And they've made Eastern Conference Finals appearances. They've been one of the top teams in the East, but they just can't win a title and they, they can't really get over the hump. Mm-hmm. So where do this team go from here? Because unless they plan to win the title, I mean, unless they win the title next year, they're just kind of stagnant. I, I hate that I'm re- reiterating somebody that was uh, on television, but there was a point that was made that this team is eerily similar to the OKC Thunder team and Russ and KD, right? Jalen Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Again, neither of these players have really won an MVP or anything yet, but. You think about when KD and Russ had first started together. Kevin Durant and Russ Westbrook were a team that saw multiple playoffs. They saw, I believe, three or two Western Conference Finals together. And then he also went to the finals. Now, they, yeah. now Jalen Brown and Tatum been the, have been to one final, just like KD and Russ. They've also been to a couple of Conference Finals, and they've been to the playoffs. And they play well together, but mm-hmm. there's always that question of whose team is it one, who's going to take the back seat two, and then – how do they really gel together? Because that was the issue. So we started to see when it came to KD and Russ, we started to see how they really gel in the court when shots are going your way or with one guy is hot and the other guy's not hot, like stuff like that. And then how is the roster construction being made? I think the OKC team had a better roster construction around Russ and KD than the Celtics team does at this current time. Because again, Russ was a point guard, KD's a wing. So it's easier to kind of build around that. Whereas as you have two wing players that are ball handlers, Tatum a better ball handle than Jalen Brown, as we've seen with his eight turnovers. But mm-hmm. when you don't have a de facto guard, instead you have, in the newest terms, or lamest terms, a now combo guard in Marcus Smart that shoots a lot, plays good defense, and he will pass. He, he is a he is a good passer. He's a but will, he, he's a willing passer. But it's, is he so willing that he'll really, really try and create an offense and playmate where he won't take Here, that shot? Here's the no. thing, though. Here's the thing. He he's a willing passer if the pass is clearly there. He's not. If gonna, it, yep. He's not going to fit that. Like it's like a, it's like a quarterback. The creativity's he's not, not going to. He's not going to fit that pass through that window. He's not going to throw you open. You have to be open, and it has to be an easy pass for him. Right? Or it's a skip pass, in which or, it's, it's fine. It has, it has to be. It has to be easier. And I, I think, think that's fine, but it's not fine enough now. And I think part of the problem with Boston is when they don't have opportunities for easy offense, they get they settle for just jumpers. Which uh, some a lot settle. of the shots they took in six of the shots they took in that first quarter that caused the zero for ten from the three. There were some; they were open, good passes, good swings, just bricks. But again, think about who's shooting these threes. Tatum was hurt, so you had Smart Brown. White, Horford, all shooting right. these threes. No right. offense to any of them, but let's be realistic. Throughout this entire season, we saw that in, in most cases, the two best shooters on this Boston Celtics team was Jason Tatum and Al Horford. That's a ridiculous thing to be saying out loud, but it's a true statement. Right, and I'm not and I'm not disagreeing with you on the statement, but here's my thing with Boston, and when I say that they settled, a lot of those open shots could have easily been layups. Yep, they could have just went to the lane and got yeah. two points and kept it moving. If you can't tell me, because worst come to 
Because worse come to worse, I understand like Bam is a no, you could presence. Him. He's a presence in the paint, but it's not like Miami has a, another big back there. It's not like Miami. Mm-hmm. Like if you get Bam in foul trouble, Miami has to play super small. And they, they already play small now. They already, they but, but they don't have to play smaller. Now you have Kevin no. Love at the five, or now you have Cody Zeller. You have advantages there, and I think Boston relies too heavily on the outside shot. They live and die by the three. Yep. And you've seen it plenty of times this season where when they're thriving at the three, they're 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 thriving. But when they're not hitting those shots, it is a struggle for them to, to get offense because they refuse to, to hit the lane. They refuse to take the ball inside unless it's a easy layup. But they'll 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 much rather take a three than a layup. So and exactly. it's just like uh, you know, what are you doing? You asked me, what did the Celtics do this offseason? I think the first thing they do is they more than likely give the two max to Jalen Brown. Because you don't let him walk. You don't not re-up him. He, he's going to get paid. You you pay him. Because now it gives you more flexibility when it comes to the potential trade that could potentially happen with him if he axes out or if this next season it just doesn't go your way, right? At this case point in time, you start to look towards how do you really gear up to get a point guard, right? Either... You get a, a, a star point guard, or you get a guy that is really going to be about the facilitating. We thought it was Malcolm Brogdon because he was starting guard for the Pacers, but he's been coming in and has been affecting them in a worse in a worse way than I thought because, one, Brogdon does pass the ball on occasion, but when he's hitting his shots and when he's taking the offense and the run through him, that takes shots from Jalen Brown. Doesn't stop Tatum, but it takes shots from Brown. Same with Derek White because you have White, Smart, Brogdon, Brown are all basically shooting guards. They're all two guards. They're all going to want to take their shots. They're one, two of the either flip flop and start a Brogdon and a White most of the time. So that's always pushing Brown out of the mix. Right. So now you need to figure out how do you utilize these players more effectively, or you start telling them guys, "Hey, we need more shots coming from Brown and Tatum." And I don't think that's ever really going to occur. So, so the depth needs to be changed a little bit or revamped a little bit. Okay. Gallinari so should be coming back too. So that, I think that also changes things. Right, I agree, but I now now I think you just have to you have you you have to make some type of change. I think you have to make some sort of change. I think a big needs to come in order as well because I like Horford, but dude's pushing forty. He's last year's next year, but he's like, how much longer can we stress the fact that yeah, Horford brings veteran leadership and he's a very competent still player, but after a while, the competency goes out if he's not hitting his threes because he can't play much on defense. Not a great rebounder anymore, and we, we, yeah, he can make a good pass or two, but it's not like you're running the offense through anymore because you don't want him bringing the ball to the court. He'll get that. Right. He'll get it ripped. So I think I think the first thing that, that that Boston needs to figure out is what do they do with Brown? Do they keep him or do they trade him? And I think everything from there on out, you have a clearly defined path as to how do you make this team better. But you have to figure out what are you going to do at the top because if it if it's if it's seven years. In one finals appearance, in no rings, that's not really great. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's not really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked a lot about Boston's downfall. We talked about how Miami overcame a lot, you know, with the Jimmy injury, with the, you know, going through the Knicks, going through the Bucks, going through now the Celtics. How do they overcome another obstacle in Denver, who arguably has the best five in the league? Who, Not even arguably. Okay, it's has, the best five in the league. Okay, who has the best five? In, who has the best five in the league? 
who has a two-time MVP in Nikola Jokic, who's averaging a triple-double, who's, you know, people are in, anticipating un, 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 ungodly numbers, you know, uncrazy numbers from Jokic versus Adebayo. How do the Heat? How do the Heat win? Like, how do the Heat win the title? If you're the Heat, you you cannot run that zone. Jokic will tear that zone apart. The zone's out. If you're Spolstra, don't run zone. You got to basically a Bambi on the island, and thankfully the Heat have these smaller guys that you can basically corral to stop the cutters or force them to take some more threes. Again. It's streaky enough doing that, but we've seen the most inconsistencies from the Nuggets at times as well. But a lot of the defense is going to be predicated on how well Bam can guard a Jokic because Jokic is going to find a way to do whatever he can. So now, you're, yes, go ahead. No, no, because I'm just saying, if you're the Heat, your best bet truly is you can't force his own because Jokic will pick it apart in the middle. Because once he sits middle, it's over. You have to just let Bam go one on one, and Jimmy is now keyed in on Jamal Murray, right? Ankle injury, not if he's playing, he's healthy to me. You got to key in on Jamal Murray. Yes, you'd rather let guys like Michael Porter Jr. and KCP go off because you're like, oh, yeah, they'll shoot a lot of threes in your face. Yeah, cool, but how reliable is that? We've seen Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, he can hit two for th- two or three a night, but once that he starts to soar, this is a guy that will drive down court, shoot 24 footers with 24 seconds still in the shot or 20 seconds left in the shot call. Like, it's a lot of things that fall into the variables of antsiness. Oh, my bet. One of our two of our best players is getting locked down a little bit. I'd rather see Jokic give me 25 a night, but Bam has limited his rebounding, right? Like, let's say Jokic give you 25, but he's only averaging the minimum of 10 rebounds a game. He, he's not getting these 15 to 16, where a lot of these offensive rebounds he's been getting have been – a lot of rebounds have been offensive. I'd rather see his assist totals go down because Bam's forcing him to make the tougher passes. So, yeah, this is, the, this is the one series where I believe Bam should average 15 a game in this series, to be honest, because it's not like Jokic is one of the best defenders he's seen throughout this playoffs. But if he doesn't, it's because I feel like he should be so solely locked in on defensive rebounding. Like he, that's, that's what you're going to have to do because it's your supposed to, you cannot run a zone because if you're playing Kevin Love, that zone's broken. If you're here's, playing, the thing, here's the thing, but I'm glad you mentioned Love because I think – you take a page out of what the Lakers did with Rui Hachimura, and you use Kevin Love the same way that the Lakers use Hachimura. To guard Jokic? You, you put him on Jokic. Now, listen, I know it sounds crazy on the surface, but hear me out. Kevin Love, 6'10", you know, maybe 240, whatever the case may be, he can at least move with Jokic. He's a good rebounder. He's a good facilitator. I'm not asking you to run the offense. He just has to be a nuisance and a present. This way, you now force Denver to make a decision. Do you put Jokic on Love or do you play Jokic on Bam on offense, right? You can play Bam and Love together. I think because Denver's a little bit bigger, you can play Bam and Love together, and I think it wouldn't be too 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 weird of a thing because you can put Bam on, on Aaron Gordon on defense, right? Mm-hmm. And you can kind of – even if you had to switch Bam, and, Bam onto Jokic – I mean, you're not going to do – I don't think you do it every possession, but you can kind of get away with it if you have to in a pinch, right? You mm-hmm. play Bam on Gordon because Gordon's not – if you're going to have Gordon on the perimeter shooting threes, then so mm-hmm. be it. If that's how you're going to lose, that's how you want to lose. Right. But Aaron Gordon's not going to go and and I don't think they want to bang with Bam in the, in the paint with Aaron Gordon, right? Mm-hmm. 
We've seen that Jokic has, can get flustered by smaller defenders. For whatever reason, he kind of gets a little not out of rhythm, right? He gets a little out of rhythm, a little bit flustered. He's used to kind of going around bigger, smaller, or bigger, bigger, clunkier guys, but can't really, you know, if you're in that sweet spot between like six eight and like six nine ish, and you kind of have some length. It can it can cause some trouble for him, right? So now you play Love on Jokic. You kind of hope you can use Love to neutralize some of Jokic's rebounding ability because you know at one point in time Kevin Love was the guy grabbing a bunch of boards in a game, right? Yeah. You play like I said, you play Bam on Gordon, you play Jimmy on on Murray, like you said, and then you take your chances with Struce, Struce KCP, and Martin uh, Michael Porter Jr. I think that's the way that Miami attacks Denver. Now, I'm not saying it's going to work, but I think that's a course of action that you can see has tr- a true a proven track record in this playoffs. Because when Denver played the Lakers and they played Hachimura, when Hachimura wasn't in foul trouble, that's where Jokic's production kind of took a slight dip. Now, it, it was still great, don't get me wrong, but it took a dip from where he was. Right. Even going back to the regular season, when you put guys that were a little bit smaller, but had a little bit of had, had some wingspan and weren't afraid to kind of get physical with Jokic, mm-hmm. that's when Jokic didn't have as much success as he had throughout the season. I think that's the that's the avenue in which Miami makes some hay. It's to play Kevin Love, not for his offense, because if you want to play, even here, and here's the thing on offense, right? Kevin Love can sit in the corner. And now you make a decision. You make you make Denver make the decision. Are they going to have love on Jokic, and have Jokic kind of free range the perimeter? And now you have kind of an open. You know, if you want to, you know, have a, you know, if you want to try to attack the basket with Jokic at the perimeter, that's an avenue you can do, or you can kind of swing it and try to have, like, if they're kind of if the Denver's going to play the zone. Now you have Kevin Love, who can knock down the long-range three. Let's say he's in the corner or something like that. Now you can have him take the shots, or you can have Martin or Struess or Robinson or or even Jimmy. Jimmy's not afraid to take the shot. That's not his preferred thing to do, but he's not afraid to take those shots. Or Hero if he's back or whomever. You have options there. So I know on paper, you know, Denver should kill Miami. But I think there is – something to be said for Miami's ability to kind of mix and match guys. And Denver has that one, that one kind of Achilles heel, which is playing that smaller defender on Jokic, who's not afraid to bang with him. Yeah. So again, I have no issues. I think with the nuggets and how their game plan might be death wise. We'll see how they rotate. Cause guys might gas out playing the heat. Then that might be, that might be what supposed to capitalize on. I think if you're the heat, you got to really see, how Jimmy's angle's going to fare. I think the Heat squandered the perfect opportunity to kill the uh, Celtics when they were up 3 nothing because the, the uh, finals were set for June 1st, regardless of like how the outcome of the Celtics Heat series was going to run. You had a very good shot of Jimmy not rolling his ankle in that game seven if he would have killed them again. at the, You just do whatever you can to win. But Jimmy says he's going to play. You see how the ankle is, but how is he going to be aggressive, Jimmy Butler, in the finals? Or is he going to be a little bit passive because 
the angle might be a little bit banged up than we think because what this is the second time he's rolled it in this playoffs already. Like it, it, it's probably tweaked out a little bit now. In game one, this is a true testament to how the Heat are going to play. I think the I think the Heat have a very real shot of winning game one, Chris. Not because of the fact that that I think that they just coming off of this Celtics game and they have a lot of momentum riding. No, no, no. When teams go into the finals of game one, it's very it's very rare you'll see all this rest doesn't doesn't accumulate to you know a little bit of relaxation and rust. This, the the Nuggets might come in a little bit rusty, and if you're the Heat, you you gotta go in with the gear saying if they're missing a little bit in the first quarter, let's let's nip at their heels and let's hurry and get this lead up a little bit because they're gonna start to turn it up a little bit. But if you have this shot where the rust comes from guys like a Jamal Murray not hitting his threes or Michael Porter Jr. who's been very consistent lately in this playoffs missing his shots, you gotta go in early. Because you have a very real shot of taking this game one, and now you have a series. Like if the, I think if the Nuggets were to blow them out, the Heat in this game one, I think the writing's on the wall where, yeah, I think the Heat's going to make it competitive, but we're going to see what we a lot of people are already assuming about this Heat-Nuggets series, and it's going to be a that's the, bloodbath. I think the thing is that's assuming a regular a regular team which would fold. Miami's not going to fold. Like I, I don't think it's even. I don't think. I, I don't think, think Miami's going to. I don't even if let's say Miami loses by a hundred. I don't really care because I think in game two they're going to come out swinging. I How think game three they're going to come out swinging. I listen. It's hard. To, it's hard to determine how much fight a team has in them. No, I don't, I don't think the fight's going. It's just dead legs occurred, and the dead legs occurred sooner. Not sooner. Yeah, sooner than. Yeah, I but think. who? But how about on the flip side? Like, let's say Miami comes out and and smacks Denver in the mouth. Which game is what one. I, I think they should. That's what I'm saying. If they like, do that, what if that happens? What if that happens and Denver's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second, we ain't really had. We ain't which really is the perfect thing he could do. If the Heat don't do that, I think you got a very, very harder so case to be trying to make that the Heat what, can come so, in game two and win. So, in your in this scenario, that you're saying, even, let's say Miami, let's say Miami loses game one, but it's close. Like the same, like the same, like the same way it was Game Six versus Boston. Let's say they lose on some like last second, last minute, like something, you know. I think they lose Game Two still. So let's think they lose Game Two. So if they lose one, you think they lose two? There's no. So what if they? Because here's the thing, right? I've always said if you're a home team, if you're an away team going to a going to an arena, Game One, Game Two, you got to get one, right? You got to get one at on the road. So you're saying they got to get one on the road. I like believe you got to get game one because this that game one is your best real shot to take one in these in the two home games you got to play against in Denver. Why? Because they're going to come in rusty. I think I don't think the rust is going to come game two. Game two, the switch is already going to be on regardless because it's going to be blood in the water. They got the rust off in game one. So if the Nuggets were to scrape out a tooth and claw win in game one. Oh no, game two this might be a blowout. So then now I think that he get one in game in game three. Boom, I think they lose game four. I just I I did. Okay, so now you think now you're thinking it's three one going back to going back to five. Going back to five, Heat not going out three one. Jimmy's not going out like that. They win that game. So Denver's not Denver's then wins game six in Miami. So you so you have you have Denver in six. If it was to go out like that, if if it's so what's the your Heat win game? If Denver wins game one, I think it's Denver in six. If Heat win game one, it's anybody's game. I can't give you 
oh, I think Heat winning seven, but I think it's very more realistic. Right, Heat winning well, give, seven, well, give me, they would give get me, one. Then give me a give me an give me your official prediction right now. Team team in what? I think official prediction right now. I take Denver in seven. Mm. I think if I was to do official prediction, I take Denver in seven because I really have a strong inkling that the Heat can win Game One. I really do. Like it's just one of them feelings where I don't. I've never seen a team not rusty after a lot of rest, right? Like we've seen it mm-hmm. in so many sports, not just basketball, but football. You get your bye week. Here, but here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because I, I normally would agree with you, and maybe this this thing is overblown about the old Denver altitude, whatever. But Miami has played a lot of games. The mileage is there. There's a lot of mileage, and now you're going to a to an so now you're going to altitude versus a team that's rested. I think, I think that they that that might work in Miami's disadvantage. Like they have a lot of mileage on that body. They have a lot of mileage in this run. Think about it. They've been playing since the play-in. Like they yep. played both play-in games. Yep. They played Milwaukee in what six? Five. Five. Yeah, five. My, Milwaukee. My, so Miami won in five. They Knicks beat six. Knicks in six, and now Boston in seven. seven. They going through the they going through their motions. The progressions of five, six, to seven. Five, six to seven, and now you're going to Denver to play in altitude game one, 48 hours after winning game seven in Boston. So they they didn't even go back to Miami. They went from Boston to Denver. I think I. I think that could work. I think that could that, that could not work well for them. Like I could see where, like you said, the momentum carries them and it kind of gives them a little bit of extra boost. But I could see all the other factors coming into play: the rest for Denver, the mileage, um, the mileage on Miami's bodies, the emotional toll that this team has gone through. The you know, it's just it's just sometimes it's just this team is due. Like this team. Went up 3-0 on Boston and then lost three straight games. Hmm. I could easily see. You know what? The more I think about it, I had, I, I, I think I've talked myself into Denver in five. Hmm. I mean, we should have Denver in four, but I, I, no, 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 I think, no, no, no. I think Miami. I think Miami. I think Miami's going to get. I think Miami wins game three. I think Miami wins game three, no matter what. You know. I, I think Miami win game three. I think Denver just is too much. Like, mm-hmm. Miami's A, due for a clunker. It's not like Denver can't play defense. And it's it's we've, we've talked about how, at times, it's a struggle for Miami to score. Mm-hmm. Who's – listen, I'm, I'm not a gambling man, but – I would I would be very cautious betting against Jokic with the ability to facilitate get the rebound. Like if, if Jason Tatum's getting double digit rebounds on you, Jokic might get like forty. Like come on, man! Like what are you doing? Like you better throw body you better throw bodies at him. If you don't want him to take 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 over this series, you're gonna have to stifen. Whatever, whatever he can do, like you're going to either make him yeah. get that ball up or make him shoot. Like you I can't have him doing everything. I don't know if it's weird to believe, but Yoga's triple double game one is is feeling 
like a, a very real thing already. Like, I don't. I'm not saying it's a lock. But I'm saying it's a lock. 20, 25 24, feels like a lock. 24, 12, and, and about 11. 12 rebounds, I'm with you. Twenty. I feel like it's 25, 12, and 8. We, I mean, we're right? we in the same ballpark. I don't believe that the triple double is going to come because I think they lose to the Heat. Not, I think I know. think J- Jimmy would Jimmy would tackle Jokic on the court and put him in the Boston Crab before he let somebody get a triple double on him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm like, effortlessly, you know. So we'll see. But I'm excited for tomorrow. I, I am. I am. I am. Eat a nice meal. Watch the game. It's a Thursday, so I, I doubt yeah, I'm what, drinking. Well, what, what we? Uh, I, I was about to say, do we have a, a drink on the on the menu for game? No, no, that's a no. Thursday. I, I doubt I'll be drinking. I'm a weekend oh, drinker. Thursday, Thursday. We're not in college anymore, young man. We're not, we're not in college anymore. Oh, that, that's adults. only a college thing. We adults. Uh, you better speak for yourself. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's transition over to the NFL, Jared. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins getting expedited. From Arizona, getting released from from his jail cell, the sentence, uh, removing himself from a clown, a first class clown organization, in the Cardinals, is a free agent. There's been many teams that's linked to him. You know, teams that may be interested in him. Jared, of the teams that are out there, the 31 other teams, uh, what team do you think should sign DeAndre Hopkins? Or and what team do you think will sign DeAndre Hopkins if it's different? I, I think the only team that should be the – I mean, again, it's a bidding war you're hearing about him, but the only team that should be all in, willing to spend the bread, should be the Bills. Because if you're the Buffalo Bills, you're tired of the mediocrity. And at this point, that's what I believe it is. Yeah, you have a great regular season, but when playoffs come, you guys are fizzled out, right? Um. The, not even, and it's not even just the regular season, the playoffs, but you got Diggs on an island by himself, and now he can't receive the ball because you have other other receivers dropping it. The Bills receiving core is solid, but it's not great. It'll be great if you get Hopkins because then the McKinney's and everybody else you have, it's, they're now the role players that you need. Whereas right now, they're supposed to be twos and threes, and these aren't. They're good. Gabe Davis is good, but he's not the de facto two you really want. You'd much rather have a DeAndre Hopkins as your one or did things as your two. So if I'm the Bills, it's locked in. Yeah, the Chiefs are also there. I don't know. The Chiefs could use a one. But I, I'd rather see him in the Bills because the Chiefs previously just beat the Eagles. But, man, you're talking about a team that could be comprised of Kadarius Toney, DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, and now Isaiah Pachenko and MVP Mahomes. Oh, that's back to the bowl. I don't. I don't care what you got. That's back to the bowl. I think. I think that's a very. I think that's a very compelling point. Um, Buffalo, I agree with for the the reason that you mentioned. The team I think is also the team I think should go after DeAndre Hopkins is in Buffalo's division, and that's the New York Jets. Nah, man. Why? You know why? I mean, I mean, yeah, I would do it, but it's just like I, I like the young pieces they have. Don't don't use the capital that you've created for yourself to go get D Hop when you got a nice receiving team. Like you have a nice receiving tandem now, and the three guys in Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and Corey Davis. You have it. It's yeah, there. And but, then, um, the, but that young uh, but, Caucasian man is. But you can have DeAndre Hopkins. That is true. You can. And you can put him. 
with Aaron Rodgers. It and is you, true. And you can make something happen. However, make a, shake. A, a sneaky team that I don't think is getting a lot of play that should be in the in the conversation is the Cleveland Browns. I don't even think it's sneaky. I feel like everybody should think the Browns. The only difference is does how well, we want to return or reunion with Watson. I don't, and I don't, and they they had success with each other in Houston. That was before we find out Watson had the butt massager, though. You know, before you know. What I'm uh, okay, well, well, well we're talking strictly on the field. They had success with one another. They seem to be comfortable with one another. You know, a lot of times receivers talk about how a quarterback throws the ball and being on the same page and knowing what they're thinking and things like that. Now, whether or not he wants to go play in Cleveland, that's a different conversation. But I think that there's something to be said for a relationship with a quarterback that you're familiar with and you've had success with. Don't forget, they were up 24 nothing on the Chiefs in the playoffs mm-hmm. with DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Which is why I think a team that will not be signing DeAndre Hopkins is the New England Patriots because you know no. who the, you know who New England's offensive coordinator is, and that's the guy who traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals, and that's Billy O, your boy. So I can I think we can go ahead and eliminate New England. You know, I think New England's. Are, I honestly think a lot of NFC teams are out too. I don't no like no offense I, people, to them. It's just people talk people it. talking about Dallas. I know people talking about the Giants, but people talking about the Eagles. I don't see it. The Cowboys thing, I I could see something. I could see Jerry going out and trying to get a star. I could see Dallas. I did until he came out and said he wants a reliable, stable, hard-working QB. And I'm like, oh, everything was there until I thought, ah, Dak don't fit a lot of them adjectives. Yeah, but I don't don't think it's Dak per se. I just think Dak just hurts. No, no, no. I think it's. I don't think people. I think. People have a negative perception of that. I, think I don't know. If the, I don't know if the players do, but I I know the media and the people on the periphery the have a, have a, have a, a negative good. a negative perception against that. Issue is Dak has been hurt for the past three seasons. I think a lot of it also is: Do you really want to go play in that? Like, do you want to play in that circus in Dallas? Like, is it? Yeah, because you don't. Yeah, it's just is that worth your sanity? Is, is that it worth- like? It in, if your QB gets hurt, you're screwed. Because Dak's been hurt for three straight seasons. But, but he played in Houston. Texas has no state income tax. Maybe he mm-hmm. was. You know, like, there, there's some outside yeah, factors that kind of – just got released. You maybe capitalize maybe on the money now. another team that I'm thinking about that no one's kind of talking about that could be an option. I don't know if they had the cap space for it. Jacksonville, young quarterback. I don't think they got the cap space for it. Young court, if they did, young quarterback, offensive-minded coach, they could have – that's he'd nah, be the clear number one. Space for it. But if, yeah. I was still saying, I don't think they had the cash space. But if they did, I think that would have been a, a great option thought there as well. So I think that, that there's there. I, is, I don't think he'd go there either. To be honest with you, I think I think it's more. I think it's a, he wants the ball. He's not sharing it with Calvary and. Uh, I, oh come on! No, go tell go tell Calvary go ahead and download FanDuel. You be all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Move. <laughs> Move. Let's not let's not Move. sleep like Kyrie was hurt. He got. No, suspended. I'm not saying that, but that's DeAndre. That's DeAndre Hopkins, man. Like, yo, you want yeah, that's the, right, you want but the ball's gonna get shared though. That's you why want I think the, y'all you want still, to move over. Cause. I think y'all has a better chance of being that de facto one in the Bills or Chiefs than he has Browns. I think he can still be a de facto one. Bills, I don't know because you still have you still got Diggs. Like you want to talk about sharing the ball, you still got Diggs on the other side. Yeah, but I, I, you got Diggs. Point, you got Knox. 
Like they got they just drafted. No, Knox uh, not there no more. I mean, not Knox. Um, Kincaid they just drafted. I like him. You so like you him. still got mouths to feed across the board. Yeah, at this point, every team has a, a solid receiving core. Well, not besides the scrubs, a lot of the good teams have solid receiving cores. Because even I was I was thinking Ravens at one point, but I'm like, who knows? Like they just got Odell, they just drafted their receiver. Do they really try and add a Diop into the mix? If they do, I'm all in on Lamar and the Ravens doing something this season. But it's just a lot of questions around Diop. Where does he want to go? Is a real question. Who does he want throwing him the ball? And I think right now, if you're really trying to put your eyes in the into D Hop's mindset. I mean, so, but he said it. He named the quarterbacks yeah, he want to play. Named so QBs they want to play. He kind of gave people a little bit of insight. Look at the QBs he's named. It's not guys that get hurt a lot. Just throwing it out there. They ain't guys that get hurt a lot. That's so true. it's like it's longevity is something he's really looking at. But speaking of longevity and guys that don't get hurt a lot, Jared, your boy, your boy, the the surefire Hall of Famer, the greatest quarterback of all time. He's. He's a great quarterback. As, as someone who banged the table and called him the greatest winner in sports history, could be back for his what was this be now, Jared? Twenty fourth NFL season mm. percolating because apparently there's a, a story now out of Vegas that part owner Tom Brady could be coming back to the field again. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, ironically enough, failed his physical with the Raiders, and his contract may become void, and then the Raiders would have no quarterback. Yeah. And then you have DeAndre, uh, you have, uh, I just forgot his name, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs, and Josh McDaniels needing a quarterback. And who better to come in and fill the void than number 12? The guy who pretty much got his career started by beating the Raiders. Yeah, now I don't know how I can believe that story. Again, I there's more confirmation that Tom Brady needs, what, 24 owners to approve his purchase of the minority ownership of the Raiders, which is the dude got money now. Like he's, Come on. He's trying, what he's what owner is going to say, no, Brady, you can't buy and part of the Raiders? With those 24 votes, out of he would only need 24 out of 32 to then say, oh, yeah, I choose to play for them as well. So then that's where the votes would get tricky. I think he's going to buy the ownership of the Raiders. That minority Hold ownership. Hold on. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me mention two things here. One, it's Tom Brady. It's a bad look for any owner to kind of go against that. Two... The NFL can make so much money because the Super Bowl is where next year, Jared? Vegas. Could you imagine? Could like, you? And I'm not saying it'll happen. Could you imagine? Owner, minority Brady. owner and starting quarterback Tom Brady at age 100 leading the, Ra- the Raiders, as Berman would say, the Raiders, to the Super Bowl in Vegas. That would be crazy. Not only would it be crazy, it'd probably make uh, – t- Devonta Adams slightly happier, even though again you, you got a quarterback that's on his last legs. But it's better listen, than Jimmy G. Listen, my guy, it's better than Jimmy G. It's better than Jimmy G. It just do the Raiders have enough? No, but can Tom Brady make them better? Yes. 
So it, it, we'll see how is, it goes. Is that? Is, but here's the thing: Do, Does Brady want to come back again? I don't think Brady's. Really, I don't think Brady's trying to play football again. I think he's. I, pretty, I don't think Brady won't go play in in Vegas now. If, I think he would play in Vegas if they bring Gronk with him, though. Because remember, he, he's him and Gronk have been talking about playing in Vegas for a while now. He wants I, to play did, one more year. I forgot about Gronk. And then Darren Waller's gone. He did Gronk. lose Darren Waller. So hold up, 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 hold up. We might be on to something, Jared. And then I don't see we why might, he, we might be on to something. Why he wouldn't consider it. I just don't. I just don't know if he's really down to play football when he's he's been living it up this summer so far. Him, Gronk, Edelman—they've been doing their little uh, podcasting thing. He's been making his little vlog appearances that you see on YouTube with Gronk and stuff like that. He's been having fun, and I think he's enjoying retirement more than he thought he would. Like before, I thought before we first retired. He wasn't enjoying it as much because you don't know what's going on in his personal life, but he also was like, ah, oh, it felt stagnant. You know, yeah. he could still do more. I now, mean, he's listen, getting banged over that. Listen, year. Think, think about it, Jared. He's single with a lot of money and can live in Vegas. That's nothing to be mad at. That Listen, you, it can be worse situations than that. Is, especially as an NFL football player. Exactly, exactly. So, to, no offense. This is I don't want to throw no shit. Never mind. I ain't going to say what I'm about to say. What are you going to say? No, that's why. No, nah, say it. If, it, if it's crazy, I'll cut it. What you gonna say? No, nah, it, was, it wasn't crazy, crazy. It was just gonna be. It was, it was an improper joke to say. And at least Vegas will have you know the right mindset to call Uber to go home. Ah, yes, a, hun- a Henry Ruggs joke. Now, <laughs> thank y'all. <laughs> it's so I, I wouldn't throw it like that either. But you know, it's just like, dang, bro. Uh, uh, so much all, right, all 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 right. okay. All right, so thank y'all for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you liked what you hear, please tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in. Uh, we're still a five-star rated podcast on iTunes, so if you like what you hear, leave us a review. Uh, make sure you follow Straight to the Point on all your favorite socials. That's at S-T-T-P Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore J.W. Hughes. Yeah, we definitely did not touch on the NBA coaching talk. We'll do that next week at maybe when the finals are mid-progress. We kind of lost track of time. Yeah, so. listen, listen. Nick Nurse, holla at you. Holla at you. We'll, holla at you. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the nurse of it all next week. Don't worry. Don't, we, forget, we forget about Adrian Griffin. We, we you know, yeah. we lost track of time. Some things, eh, whatever. The finals are more important than the Sixers getting, still being mediocrity and the Bucks. Who knows what they're going to do. <laughs> going backwards. So it's like, you know, we'll talk about that next week. Isn't it? Well, te- well, well, technically, we just talked about it. So there we go. No false advertising that's, around here. That's not false. <laughs> no false advertising around these parts, yo. But man, check us out. We got big things coming. Great episode as usual. But guests are going to be flowing this summer because we're going to find things to talk about. We'll figure it out. Because you know, Chris going to be on vacation. I don't know, Joe. Chris ain't going to be here. <laughs>